0: Yeah, no, it despite, actually sounds all right. Well, that's good, because the Wi-Fi is not that strong in here. It's the only thing I can do that's kind of close by.
1: I love the second you said that, your, your voice went It like gave <laughs> out for a second. Oh, man. Yeah. You're listening to the Music Manument Podcast for June 8th, 2018. Learn more at musicmanument.com. Hi, and welcome to another Music Manument. I am Tom, and on today's show, I am talking to Lee from Happy Puppy Records. It's been a while since we've had him on the show, but he's uh, kind of gotten back into making Happy Puppy Records, the place where he releases his stuff. It used to be a net label, but that got kind of overwhelming for him. Or it still is a net label. That's the concept of a net label. We talk about that and just what he's done and how him releasing his own stuff has kind of progressed a little bit as far as where it's getting noticed. So here is my interview with... Lee from Happy Puppy Records, starting right now. You're out in Canada.
0: Yep, in Vancouver.
1: Okay, I was going to say because on your uh, on your Skype profile it says Fudgeville. <laughs> so I'm not...
0: I forgot I wrote that a very long time ago. <laughs>
1: All right, and I I was like, is there one? Like, because is it just like <laughs> there, a candy land? What's going on?
0: There, there could be. Yeah. That was that was an old um, cover project called Fudge, and when I started. Happy puppy was just sort of like I'm trying to keep things as vague as possible, so right. Yeah, when they ask for they ask for a location, that's what they get, sort of thing.
1: Okay, yeah, because if if there's anything about starting starting a new uh, venture, is always be as vague as possible and don't let anybody know anything about you. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: well, that's what that's what I do, and then eventually, <laughs> few years later, I regret that decision when nobody recognizes what I'm doing. So, <laughs> but because I've st- used a stupid name to use to type in somewhere.
1: But it's still, I mean, Happy Puppy Records gets referenced all the time when we talk to people. So, it, you, oh,
0: well, that's good. Yeah,
1: you're doing something right. And also, how? Okay, so you used to have a um, a blogger site.
0: It was actually, yeah, uh, I was using Shaw, which is my uh, internet provider. They were giving me free web space, quote unquote, which is actually web space. I was just paying for, Mm. uh, they, they called it free. They just decided to turn that off and says like, Oh, not enough people are using our web, web space. We're just, just going to shut it all down. So it's like, Oh, great. Thanks, guys. So I didn't know what to, what to do with my, uh, all my files and stuff. And I was looking at all the alternatives and I, don't really have a lot of money to set up my own server. Right. So um, I just decided most of my traffic comes from the Free Music Archive. So let's just put everything – let's just make that the website. So like that that page is now the official Happy Puppy page is the uh, FMA page.
1: Yeah, because I remember you had a – I mean it was definitely a – let's say a user interface challenged site, but it was a site. It was, uh, you know, it was, it, it, but that explains a lot. It was a free site. You're saying it came provided with your, your service provider.
0: Well, no, I, I wrote all the code by hand. Oh, so you did. Was, oh, well yeah, then I it, just totally
1: it, insulted your abilities. No, no, um, no, no. no. <laughs> I, that's fine.
0: Because I, uh, I've never learned HTML past 1999. Okay. So that's why, that's why the page was, and I also wanted the page to load as fast as possible. So it that's did. why there was. Barely anything on it in terms of bells and whistles, okay. which I kind of liked that way, and it, it was easier to maintain. Um, yeah. But overall, it just became like I don't know. I was going through some stuff where I, 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 it felt too much work to update the website all the time. Yeah. So I just I was just happy to let it go. in, in a way, when Shaw said they're turning it off, and I said, "Oh, good. You know, I can just use Free Music Archive as my RSS feed, basically."
1: Yeah. Well and again another thing uh, if you if you want to start a venture into net labels the one thing you don't want to do is have to maintain anything <laughs>
0: <laughs> or yeah well it was maintaining it for years and years but it, after building the site you know and not really structuring it when I built it it right. was just sort of like adding page onto page onto page and then after a while you feel like oh you've got a page for every release you've got right. a catalog page you got a news page and now you have to update all three pages for one release and it just felt like so much work. Yeah. And so I just like I've had enough. So it's like Bandcamp, Free Music Archive. I don't need to do anything else right. because the hits were the hits to the Happy Puppy site itself were maybe only like five or six a day.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: and the Free Music Archive hits are just insane. So it's like there was really the time put into it, it wasn't making sense really.
1: Yeah. And that's what I meant by the user interface because that's what you, you weren't structuring it. You structured it for whatever you built it as, and then you just continued to build it that same way. And as it got bigger, it was like, I remember when I went there, it was like, I was clicking everywhere. <laughs>
0: and that was but and no, and no, hardly any page had a home button back to go to the main page. Right, if it's going backwards. Right, because you were yeah, writing them all
1: by hand, which is the beauty of that's what uh, CMSs are for now. Because sites get so much bigger. Sites used to be four pages, and it would just be like information, like you know, here are our store yeah. hours, you know, stuff like that. Now it's like yeah, the way things have evolved, but not to go down the CMS route. But how in the world are you? actually using the URL for your free music archive page
0: <laughs> it just it's all it is I only bought a forwarding URL I never actually bought any server space for the URL so it just points to wherever I tell it to go oh okay so I've just made the free music archive page the link that it'll forward to if it goes once you type in the uh, the address
1: okay well because my my main reason for asking was because it literally stays as like it doesn't go just forwarding. When I click anywhere on Free Music Archive, if you go directly to HappyPuppyRecords.ca, I know it everywhere else
0: sounds changed. <laughs> the URL never changes. No, so you have it no doesn't. idea where you are.
1: Yeah, that's got to confuse their uh, their analytics.
0: I... Yeah, I'm not going to worry about it too much.
1: Oh, I wouldn't. Who cares? <laughs> it's fun. Um, so anyway, so you have uh, what are you what are you doing with Happy Puppy Records these days? Now, if I go to that site, the latest releases, it's all about you right now.
0: Yeah, so what's, it's back to what's where up? it was, was how it started in the first place, which was just me doing stuff, and uh, it big be- just the maintaining of it. Again, it became too much work, um, and I was trying for a while there to approach people to ask them if they could release stuff on Creative Commons and. Some said yes, some didn't understand it, some it left to, it made some awkward uh, situations. So I just yeah. kind of gave up on that and said, People want to submit stuff to me, then if I like it, I'll put it up and I'll just do that. I'm not going to canvas anybody for putting it up. But hmm. even that became follow uh, felt like a lot of work you know when people would submit stuff and i'd be like okay sure i'll listen to it and then i would put it off for like a week and then i would feel bad that i did that and i don't know i guess you could put it down to some sort of like minor depression or something because it just i couldn't do it i just it became just something i dreaded doing so okay and i felt bad i felt bad about that and i just wanted to like retreat and make music and and not have to worry about any of the information side of it or the like the PR side of it yeah and I just avoided that completely it just felt like so much work and effort to just talk about the music or even just describe it Mm -hmm. so where I go, just put it up (laughs) you can't forget about it
1: okay we lost you there just for a second so you said oh sorry it became an effort to uh even to reach out to people about it and uh it,
0: it, yeah, it just felt like I just wanted to make the music and then put it up there and then just continue doing that. Well, I didn't it, want.
1: if if anybody looks up the original reason behind net labels is it was online labels that people created to post their music. Yeah, it was it, not like like it is now where uh, there are enough people out there who do it literally because they want to find other music and put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, you're one of the people who also creates it. So you're like, I'm going to go back to just creating it and create it. You have, um, <laughs> you've got a lot of releases recently, which, uh, yeah, I, I there
0: seems to be something like one new project or album every month.
1: Okay. So what's so, your, yeah. what's your process? So that you've got, you've got different themes for what you're creating. You're and, and I really like the idea behind what you're doing. You're doing music for, uh, releases. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, the music for podcasts. That last time we, I think I talked to you guys was in 2015, and I was messing around with the idea of releasing some stuff under the BY yeah. license, because everything up to that point was non-commercial, and I just wanted to experiment to see what would happen if I used that license, and I wanted to like kind of make, have an umbrella for it, mm-hmm. um, so I like, would keep everything consistent, so I could kind of like you know, find out where it was and everything. So yeah, I started music for podcasts was the first album and uh, that i put up under by license and it took off in ways that i didn't expect and uh i found it being shown it was being used in all sorts of places the day after i put it up there one of like i think um uh, planet money npr podcast used it yeah and that was like the day after like how the heck did you guys even find this because i never mentioned it anywhere they, I guess, they were just browsing tags or something, and they came across it. Right. So I thought, ah, search engine optimization title music for podcast. People are going to type that in, and guess what comes up? So um, it just started doing more of that. So every time I would get a collection of stuff that kind of felt like I, I could hear, I could hear this being used in a podcast. I would just kind of put it to side, and then after enough tracks. Um, collect, collect it up. Then I'll just release it as that album. So there's been five of them so far. Yeah,
1: it's and it is really that. And there's something. There was an aha moment that is g- going to be a very odd aha moment. But I love this story because people be like, that makes sense when I tell them. <laughs> so I was listening to the podcast. Have you ever heard the? It's it's technically a documentary. It's like a BBC documentary done on a podcast. It's called the Butterfly Effect.
0: Oh yeah, I heard that one.
1: Okay, one of the most brilliant things that came out of that. That I got from it was okay. So it's the old school. Uh, it's for people not knowing what that is. It's about the uh, rise of the porn industry in the internet, and right, it's John actually Ronson. yeah, it's actually very interesting. Although it's funny because I love as you listen to it, I just can't stop cracking up every time he says porn. He, the way he <laughs> says porn, he says it so classy, it- He tries to say it so classy
0: if you want more on his stuff he did an excellent documentary it's a 20 minute documentary on the shags and it's the best documentary hmm. i've heard on them it's it made me change my opinion of the music i mean i liked the shags and i was yeah. always kind of fascinated by them uh and it started like a you know ironic way i guess whatever but after hearing that and hearing what their lives were like and that they basically hated making music and they were forced to by their father and suddenly this becomes like oh this isn't music to be enjoyed this was like music that was basically abuse (laughs) and uh i just and he delivered this that i just went wow this guy is great and then i just kind of been following his what either what he's been doing since then and that's when i saw the butterfly effect he does the same thing in that podcast where approaches it very compassionately
1: yeah well and and it's odd because the first thing you see is it's about porn and so it it is it is what you think it is and it isn't what you think it is it's it's yeah. literally a documentary it's not just i don't know anyway my point was an aha moment i had in it was one of the old school guys was complaining about the internet and then explaining that in these days you know it used to be you'd have some you'd have some title to your name and it would it would be like a movie nowadays you title it what it is because of search engines. So if you know, it, it cheerleaders and, you know, teachers, uh, gangbang six, you know, that you type in exactly what it is. Cause that's what people are going to look for. And that was when I was like, Oh my God, why don't Four. people do yeah. that with music? Cause music, you will title it some sort of chorus name or the hook of the song. So if people have heard the song, they will look that up. But, if nobody's ever heard of you, how are they going to find you? They're not going to be like, "Oh, I'm looking for a song that's about love." You know, they will type that in. So you write songs about love, or what if you actually just started titling them like what the mood of the song is, just like you would the porn thing. You're not going like, "Oh, this is Debbie Does Dallas." I, now I feel bad because I, the only re- way I can reference what I'm talking about is by naming porn titles, but uh, you know, you so you have to title it what the song. <laughs> no, I,
0: I know. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. I actually got the idea from a guy named Matt Farley, who has written 19,000 songs in the last 10 years. He's been, uh, doing this for so long. He writes really short songs and they're all like, he's been called the spamming music maker, but he's not a spammer because huh. like spammer actually go out and like, you know, annoy people. What he does is he just writes songs with those kind of titles in it. Like, you know, yes. he had his most popular song is the poop song because. <laughs> modify and type in the word poop and come up with something and he's got like albums worth of poop songs huh so of course you know a couple of uh, fractions of a sense they add up over time and he actually becomes right it's a modesty he does all right and and he's a jimmy fallon show by doing this kind of stuff oh funny huh So, so I had a friend who actually I was asking him for like, I did one of the albums and I couldn't think of titles. And I I asked him, well, what do you what do these songs remind you of? And he gave me all the those that were very Brian, Brian, Eno. Mm. you know, like if you're in a production library, you can search for mood or genre or style. And it comes up with all the metadata that fits the search you're looking for. I can't do that with the Free Music Archive. Um, so basically the title of the song has to sound like something that you would use if you were looking for something that sounds like that. So the more they get really generic titles sometimes, but at least, uh, are appropriate for the music. Yeah. That's especially the music for podcast albums, because people looking for podcasts, sad music. And like, if you put something in, this song is sad and you put sad in the title, then it'll come up.
1: Yeah. And the one thing people are always surprised by how met, how much traffic they get on the free music archive and I'll tell you why it's because it works like a search for music type library I mean the fact that it fil- the, the biggest genius thing it did was that it filtered not only by style but like specific styles like you go in there and like if you do rock then there's like subgenres of rock that like only music people would know like shoe, yeah. shoegazer and stuff like that. You can't filter that. You can't filter that stuff anywhere else as easily as you can on there. And that's why that in the free downloads, but right. yeah. You know. so, but so yeah, what was your, uh, what was you, you said you wanted to experiment with that. So what was the success rate of it? How did it all turn out for you?
0: Uh, I think it's pretty simple. It actually shows up in a lot of podcasts. It got me on, a, uh, like a fair number of, um, notable podcasts have used the music. So that's just more exposure of people who are hearing it, and then they go to the Bandcamp page, and then they like it, and then they buy it, you know, just because I'm giving it away for free anyway, but they like it anyway. And because of that little handy discography tag in uh, Bandcamp, Mm -hmm. they can download, like I was, like close to 60 releases for for $6. Yeah. And then, yeah, and that's a lot of music you can get for a little amount of money. And so, yeah, they like, oh, I could just pay this guy a couple of dollars for this song, which some people do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's where all, a lot of the hits come from now and just searching on like Google to see where it comes up. It's mostly a lot of smaller podcasts use it. Um, which is great because I think that's, it's giving it a life that uh, is more appropriate to, I think the kind of music it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not for some people can use it for just listening to, but most of it, um, projects. So like, And then it depends on the, on the platform too, because free music archive is going to be one thing, but on Spotify, people can't download the the most popular release of mine currently on Spotify is the five minute meditations album.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And one thing we've had a couple of people who specifically have been releasing stuff under just, uh, the attribution license and they've been praising it. It's come around. Everybody used to hate the streaming thing. Well, not technically, Creative Commons people didn't hate the streaming thing, but they didn't like the fact that it it you couldn't license it. Now it's it's still the yeah. same. It's still the yeah. same basic concept because you're still able to access it for free. But the funny thing is, people are starting to praise it because their music's still available to anybody who wants it. Uh, And they control it. They're the ones that put it there. You have the ability to put it there yourself now instead of going through something. But they're praising kind of like the amount of traffic they actually get. And the fact that the one thing most musicians complain about, oh, you only make like a fraction of a penny. Hey, guess what? Guys who have been giving their music away for free, you're making a fraction of a penny.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're making nothing. Like be- actually I was initially against Spotify for a long time and I because of the, the the payouts were so low. And I thought this is you know I thought about it and I realized just like when the downloads on Free Music Archive, I don't see anything from that. Right. So why not? You mm-hmm. know, like and and it is just another method of exp- you're breaking up a little bit here. Um well, the website. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit too, but <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it, well, and I get I get what you're saying, and and what I was going to add to that was it's by not putting it out there, and this is what I always said when people said they're not going to do it. You're basically restricting who can listen to your stuff because if that's where they choose to listen to it, you're going well. That's too bad that that's where you like your music because I'm not going to let you listen to mine there, and that's that's just hindering your fans, you know.
0: Yeah, there's, there's another musician guy I know who I'm friends with on Facebook, and. He took all his stuff off of Spotify and the streaming services because he wasn't making any money from. It was costing him more to put it there and keep it there than the money he was getting back. And I said, well, there are other options. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's root note. You can use them it's, and just give them the 15% and they don't charge you. And then you just get the 85% of whatever happens and then you don't have to think about it. But he was approaching it from more of a, like a, a principle stance that is like, well, I'm against streaming and everything because I'm, old school album guy and I want people to buy the albums. And I said, yeah, I get that, but you're, you can't, you know, force people to listen to music a particular way. Everybody discovers it different ways. So they discover it from YouTube. Yeah. The no idea where people can find your music. And if you don't put it at all the available channels, you're losing, you know? Yeah. It, it, and I,
1: I totally agree. It's exactly it. It's like saying, no, I'm only going to release my stuff on CD, which was still kind of a viable point a few years back, even just a few years back. But now I haven't sold the CD in except at maybe a live show just because somebody wants to support the band uh, in forever. Like, it's, yeah, there's no reason to make them anymore. As far as I know, it's I don't know. It's I still do because people may still want them. I just don't make as many
0: yeah uh i haven't been making any i've never really made any cds because i know i wouldn't sell them i would just burn them by one by one if, if anybody wanted one yeah the only other thing i made was uh i got lathe cut records done up by a guy in uh, i think ohio does them named tyler who does really nice nice job and they're not that expensive uh but they're you know because they're limited hand cut things so mm. there are a little bit on the pricey side you couldn't really sell them yeah um but, uh, but I, do, I've done a few of those just for like little gifts and things and just kind of, somebody bought of them. I bought like, I put it on like, uh, on Bandcamp for a ridiculous price of like, it was like I made five copies of it and I sold one of them for like $25 for one picture. Yeah. yeah. It's like, sure. I'll send it to you if you want to, be. and the, the, the ridiculous shipping charge to, you know, wherever. Yeah. Um but not many of those. I mean, you get I get much more from people who just like little bits here and there or people just discover it and like a song and give me a dollar or two or download the discography.
1: Yeah, and even downloads like the only reason people download them these days is cuz they're going to use them for something. Otherwise they're streaming
0: it. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, there's all like Spotify is all for streaming. People use that for playlists and uh, Bandcamp and Free Music Archive seem to be all about the downloading for people to use for other things.
1: Right. And that and that was the other point is like even that is shifting. And that's why I see that people are coming around to, oh, okay, well, my stuff isn't there. How do I get it up there now? Because I've been against it this whole time. And now nobody's going to download stuff at my website because nobody downloads things.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've gone back and forth. I I really don't get it, to be honest. Like I did a little poll on Twitter to find out. like Do you download them? Or put them on your phone manually? Or do you listen to them on your computer? Or do you just stream them? Yeah. Because there's somebody like, could go to a podcast uh, page for a, a particular show, and I can't find the download button. Oh, All yeah. it is is, hey, well, what if I want to take this with me? I have to dig into their like their source code and find out where the MP3 is and download it that way. Nobody else is going to do that. So, the, yeah, they almost don't want you to download. Well, It's, it's just like, oh, nope.
1: Yeah, it's, it's because they expect people to go to whatever app they use instead of saying, here, download it. Because it's also just as confusing for people that are used to podcasts or introduce it just going like, oh, it's an app and they're on it.
0: Yeah, so and it all going, changed because when we got smartphones, which nobody knows but if you download something, where the heck it goes on right. one of those things. And you can't unzip things unless you have a special program. Yeah. So, yeah, the iPods got replaced by these smartphones that aren't meant to keep files on them. Right. So... Yeah, that's just the way people have made it. And, of course, then they don't have to download it. They just eat up all the bandwidth, but, you know, whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, uh, so what's your what's your process for writing stuff? What are You're doing it all yourself, right?
0: Yeah, um, process is just go into the basement and then just noodle around until you find something you like and then just keep working on it. I try to finish something uh, in the same day that I start it because mm-hmm. otherwise I'll lose focus and probably won't go back. Uh there's a couple of projects I'll have that are just ongoing um but generally that's what I'll do so
1: and, and are you yeah, what it, are you different. are you programming it on the computer or are you playing it all through synth like how are you doing that
0: It's all uh programmed on the computer through synth uh it's just midi and um, oh, okay. I'm using ableton I'm using ableton live and sometimes I'll play live instruments, but it'll always be like edited and like mixed into the project afterwards. I'm not really doing any live setups of that, of anything.
1: Okay, and you're not playing out live or anything, right? Nope. <laughs> I didn't want to assume, but I kind of was just like, I don't think you are. It doesn't sound no, like you
0: are. <laughs> I, I haven't played live for probably 20 years uh, just because there's no there's nothing here really that I want to go play live with or four. I mean, I have a shift that starts at four o'clock in the morning, so I oh, can't wow. really go, I can't do any live gigs if I wanted to. I don't have a car. So, and drums are really pain in the ass to drive around if you don't have a car. So, yeah. um, yeah. And I, I'm just enjoying working on my own. Um, right. you know, we did, we did the bar circuit thing in the, in the nineties and then it's just, you know, it's, it's fun for a little while and it, uh, it just wasn't something I wanted to do all the time, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Do you play drums live, or are you programming those too?
0: I don't actually even play drums live on my stuff. It's oh, almost okay. mostly loops, or I, if I do play drums on it, it'll be very rare, because I don't have a proper drum setup. It's just an electric kit, and I'm not wild about the sounds. Yeah. So, And I have got it set up so I can do like, do like some triggers and stuff, but the dynamics just aren't there, so I just... I don't do it very often.
1: Okay. And the so the song that I want to play for the show today, that rhymed, um, is <laughs> is one where there's a story on it where you kind of joked about someone singing on it, and then they said they would. What What's the story there? I read that. It, I think it might be in the description. Oh,
0: but uh, So yeah, the, I'm that's... sorry.
1: The song is We're Going to Play How Deep the Ocean Blue radio remix featuring uh, Roshini Nair.
0: Roshini
1: Nair. Roshini Nair. Thank you.
0: Yeah, she's a uh, uh, someone I, I work with, and it was just yeah, it was just a joke that started with um uh, uh there was that thing on TV last year about um a, a a swimmer racing against a shark, and then it turned out to be a simulated shark, not a oh, real one. Oh yeah, I remember and that. And then she, yeah, so she was in a text message with someone and had a typo that said stimulated shark, and I thought. That should be a band name. Yeah. And I just kind of joked about it back and forth and just like, ah, oh, that's going to be our new band name. <laughs> ha ha. What's our first single be sort of thing? And then uh, I wrote the song, the instrumental stuff, and then sent it to her and said, here's our first, one. whenever you feel like writing a melody or lyrics on top of this, and then sent her an idea for lyrics from a poem by uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne, just as an idea to get something started. She took those, adapted it. And then about a year later, She got into actually writing a vocal track for it and in her closet and then sent me the file. Oh, wow. I just pushed the teaser and then that was it. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That was actually the first collaboration I've probably done ever. So, and again, it wasn't like a collaboration where you're, yeah, it's not like you're sitting in a room with two people and you're bouncing ideas back and forth. I've never actually done that. This is just like, hey, here's the music. It's done. You know, just. I mean, and it turned out really well, considering because most of the time when you write music like that, it doesn't sound that great. It sounds like you're you know gluing something on top of something else that wasn't meant to be there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it worked out pretty well. I was quite pleased with it. Yeah, it
1: no, it sounds great. That's why I also wanted to know what your setup was and everything because since this is the song we're going to be playing right now, it's uh I, I was like okay, I get the collaboration thing, but then how did, but yeah, no, you're saying it's just one of those things where like, ah, and it worked out perfectly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure I wouldn't have released it and you wouldn't have heard it.
1: That's true. That's a good point. Whatever, whatever doesn't work out perfectly, you don't necessarily have to go, well, we have to release it anyway. So what are you going to do? Yeah.
0: No, well, or in some cases I'll just take that and we rework it into something else.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, so we're going to play that song. I want to thank you very much for coming on the show today. I'm so glad that I got to talk to you again.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's been a very long time. We should. We have, it's. Uh, I've been. It's always been. It's always been great fun to come on and talk with you. Darn right. And then <laughs> this has been
1: another Music Manumet podcast at musicmonument